This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The latest earnings for Ford Motor Company showing the automaker lost $2 billion around its work on electric vehicles last year and would likely lose at least that much in 2023. But there is still a very high level of optimism of what the company will be able to do in the future around EVs. John Paul McDuffie is a professor of management at the Warden School who focuses on vehicle and mobility innovation. John Paul, great to talk to you again. How have you been? I've been good, Dan. Thanks. Thanks, and, and great to talk with you. And I, I think it's great to bring you on on this because of your background around kind of where the landscape of EVs is. And I think that $2 billion number that, that Ford mentioned last week obviously drew a lot of attention. But I guess the question is, in the scope of building out basically an entire new line, which Ford basically has been doing here in EVs, aren't you expected to have some significant losses before you turn profitable? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Ford's CFO, John Lawler, has been, you know, making the rounds and saying, you know, EV is a startup within Ford, and we expect startups to lose money at first while they're investing in capabilities and building scale. So uh, I guess they're trying to normalize our expectations around this. Uh, I mean, I've seen estimates uh, I think from Ford of maybe losing as much as three billion in 2023, but all in the context of being profitable overall because the core business is doing very well, and in the context of um, you know that growth trajectory that they see they're on, they're projecting eight percent margins for that EV business by 2026. So then is the path that Ford is dealing with around EVs, is it a little similar to what Tesla has, has dealt with in its past? Yeah, I mean, you know, Tesla, it was uh, obviously a pure play EV and a complete startup. And they had mastered a lot of the basics of an electric vehicle architecture well before they had figured out mass manufacturing and for Ford and GM and the other incumbents. It's the opposite. Uh, they know how to do the manufacturing, they're figuring out the design and also how to, you know, get the right design, the right attributes, the dealer network ready to sell. Uh, but sure, Tesla lost money for years. And uh, Elon Musk always said, you know, we're building, we're building, we're going to get there. And now their profits and their margins are the envy of the rest of the industry. But as you mentioned a moment ago, and it bears repeating, is the fact that you know, the legacy automakers, Ford and and others, obviously are coming at this from a little bit of a different perspective, is that they have, you know, decades of years of history in the auto sector in terms of developing vehicles. This is just kind of a, a new aspect of it where, you know, instead of internal combustion engines, they're going on, you know, electric vehicles. Uh, and, and so it's, you know, it, it is a process that they believe they are going to be very successful over time on. Yeah, and, and I've been on record for a while, Dan, saying that I think these automotive incumbents do have the ability to make this transition. That doesn't mean all of them will be equally successful, uh, but that while the drivetrain change is a radical innovation in going from uh, fossil fuel and general combustion engine to electric motor and, and battery, you know, there's a lot of the rest of the vehicle that is, uh, is 
not changed or is changing around different technologies that the automakers are uh, absolutely investing in. And their strength really overall is as a system integrator that can pull all of these technologies together in this very complicated multi-technology vehicle with global supply chains. A lot of that still applies to uh, the challenge of EVs. But it's a transition, and, and we're in the early stages of it. But then you you see the investment that Ford also made in the uh, facility down in Tennessee, yeah. a multi-billion dollar facility, and they expect, I guess, even though their their hub is really Detroit, that in terms of the EV marketplace, this facility in Tennessee is going to play a significant role in this. Yeah, I mean, they're building the, the electric truck right now, uh, the Ford F-150 Lightning, uh, near their headquarters. But this new plant is distinctive because it will be uh, all trucks and all uh, electric trucks. One thing that caught my attention is they're planning to open it in 2025 at a capacity of 500,000 vehicles. That's about double what used to be the norm for opening a new plant. Uh, so they obviously anticipate the scale will be there, that they'll be you know, su- supply constrained in the face of a high demand. And what's different about the, the new truck platform they're working on is it will be clean from scratch all for EV, whereas the Ford F-150 Lightning took the existing Ford F-150 truck and then made it electric, which involves some compromises. The weight is probably higher. Um, you know, one, one thing that is absolutely true is to really maximize what you get out of an electric vehicle and out of a given battery capacity you really want to rethink almost every aspect of making the vehicle, how it uses electricity, how to bring the weight down. If you can bring the weight down, you can use a smaller battery, which also brings the weight down. You want a, a, a spiral, which is going down in terms of the weight of everything instead of the opposite. You know, you've got a heavy vehicle, you have to have a bigger battery, which is heavier uh, and so forth. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of small changes that are made to optimize the electric vehicles of the future. That's one of the things that the incumbents are working on, and and Tesla as well. The interesting thing, though, about the truck, and I think this is what makes this unique in this whole EV conversation, as you alluded to, uh, John Paul, is the fact that, you know, with Ford, there's an expectation of what a Ford truck is over the last, you know, several decades. And I, I think to a degree, as you move forward with other trucks, in this EV landscape, part of what the consumer will want is still that, I would think, at least for the time being, that type of experience, that F-150 experience, which has been such a success for the company for so long. Yeah, and Ford is very aware of that, and they're working hard on that. You know, the F-150 has been the biggest selling vehicle in America for I can't remember how many years now. And, um, of course, they have a massive presence in the commercial market as well. Uh, you know, one of the things that's going on is, is Ford is reorganizing into these divisions. Ford Blue as its traditional internal combustion engines, Ford E for electric, and then Ford Pro for commercial. And they've really been testing out these truck concepts with their, um, you know, highest level of uh, demands put on the vehicle, commercial contractors and the like, to make sure that they satisfy what they need in terms of towing power, in terms of of storage capacity, um, you know, they're offering the enticing ability to 
provide the power for all your on-site tools from the truck's battery and and other kinds of things like that. So, uh, sure, they've got to uh, they've they've got to keep those customers absolutely with them. But so far, the F-150 Lightning has been selling so well. It appears they're uh, they're doing pretty well on that so far. How important then does the truck component become? Do you believe in the overall EV landscape? Well, trucks have been uh, this huge uh, seller and generator of margins for the U.S. industry uh, for a long time. And even though, you know, Toyota and, and Nissan and other manufacturers have come in with competing products, they've gained some market share, but they haven't really put a substantial dent in the lead that the, that the Ford and the Chevy and the GMC and the Chrysler trucks have in the U.S. market. Uh, so to be successful in that market is, uh, is, is hugely important to these incumbent companies. Tesla, as you know, uh, Elon Musk's been talking about the Cybertruck for a long time. It's way later than promised. And, uh, you know, there's, I guess, less and less sense that um, the Cybertruck would have any big advantage over the incumbent automakers if it's late and, you know, maybe hasn't done so much to cultivate that traditional truck buyer, very different from the current Tesla buyer. Of course, we have Rivian as the other new startup in the U.S., which led with a pickup truck um, product, extremely extremely well-reviewed, um, very expensive, uh, not uh, you know scaling up so well as they learn to do manufacturing, um, but I think definitely going to be a, a keeper in the game. You know, yeah. trucks are a product that are big in the U.S. and don't really – operate so well, uh, you know, don't sell as well anywhere else. So these companies are global, and they've got to be thinking about the models that they can sell beyond the U.S. as well. Uh, so trucks are a big story here in the U.S., but these companies have got to SUVs and, and sedans as well. All right. Great to talk to you, John Paul. Thanks very much. All the best. You're welcome. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. John Paul McDuffie, who is a professor of management here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.